Fierce Women Writing is a partner of We Need Diverse Books, a nonprofit that advocates for diversity in children's and young adult publishing at every level. They have many programs that support this mission, including grants, mentorships, and retreats for writers, classroom book giveaways, an app for diverse book recommendations, and others. Learn how you can help them put more books featuring diverse characters into the hands of all children at weneeddiversebooks.org. Welcome to Fierce Women Writing, the podcast where female voices are elevated, creativity is ignited, and writers are inspired. I believe that stories can enlighten, heal, and entertain the reader and the writer. First, the writer has to quiet their doubts long enough to get the words on the page. I'm here to help you put your doubts away and focus on your creativity. Every day I talk to writers and would-be writers who aren't writing. They're not writing because they don't think they're good enough, because they've been rejected, don't have time, or don't know where to start. That's why I created this show, so that you can hear from other writers who want to inspire you to share the stories that only you can tell. I'm Sarah Gallagher. Come write with me. Hey there, Fierce Writers. Today's guest is Stephanie Big Eagle. Stephanie Big Eagle is the descendant of Ocheti Shakuin, the Lakota, Dakota, and Nakota Sioux on her father's side, and of the Nordic, Irish, and Haudenosaunee Confederacy on her mother's side. She's an indigenous and environmental activist since 2007 and released her first tattoo design as a traditional hand-poke tattoo artist, the Standing Rock Tattoo which became a symbol for the water protector movement against the Dakota Access Pipeline from 2016 to 2017 on the Standing Rock Sioux Reservation. In 2019, she released her memoir, Thunderbird Rising, the story of her path to reconnection, empowerment, and resilience. Here's Stephanie reading from Thunderbird Rising. When I was around 22 years old, I had a dream that I'll never forget. I was in a dark forest surrounded by tall mountains, and I was running towards a destination, but also for my life. These low-frequency, gray beings were chasing after me. They were literally gray, so that's how I'm describing them. I couldn't outrun them, so I had no choice but to stop and fight them. Each time I won, but after each win, my energy was severely drained. I reached a point where I was so exhausted that I knew I could no longer fight alone. I sat down, hunched over the earth, desperately trying to recover from their latest attack. I looked up and saw a pack of huge white wolves off in the distance, silently watching me. With no hesitation, I pleaded to them, Please help me. I can't do this alone anymore. Immediately they surrounded me, and my strength returned. I stood up and started running again, this time with the wolves surrounding me in a completely protected circle. The gray beings still attacked, but the wolves fought them off from me as I continued to run, to where I didn't know, but I knew in which direction to go. Eventually, even the wolves lost their strength against the constant onslaught of the grays. As their strength and ability to fight left them, We agreed that it was time to prepare for death, solemnly acknowledging that we'd done all we could to reach our destination. Suddenly, a woman's voice came from everywhere at once, its omnipotent force making itself clear as it resounded loudly 
throughout the mountainous wooded area. Do you dare break the sacred code? She threatened. Immediately, the gray beings receded far away, beyond the limits of the mountaintops. All they could do then was look at us, peering out to watch with their yellow, fear-filled eyes from beyond the mountainsides. A hill stood before me. The wolves and I stood up, our strength returning. They gathered at my side, and we began ascending the hill towards a light that was emanating from beyond its peak. As we walked up the hill, all the animals of the forest were gathered in a line on both sides that extended to the top of the hill. Rabbits, deer, moose, squirrels, birds of all sorts, mice, and even lions were amongst those of the animal nations who came to participate. Their heads were bowed. Although I still didn't know what was truly happening, I felt it, and the wolves and I acknowledged each of our relatives with deep respect as we passed. Finally, we reached the peak. The source of the light emanation was finally revealed, as a beautiful woman dressed in a full buckskin dress walked towards me. She too had white wolves that walked at her sides. They were shrouded in a beautiful golden light that now illuminated the entire hilltop. Her hands were outstretched toward me, and within them she held a large pipe. It was beautifully carved, and from its stem hung large, spotted eagle feathers. She approached me and stopped right before me. Then she smiled at me and asked, Do you accept the responsibility? I smiled back at her and replied, Yes, I do. She placed the pipe in my hands, and immediately the dream ended. I woke up forever transformed from this dream, one of the most profound and vivid visions of my entire life that I would never be able to forget. I had no clue what it meant, having no cultural knowledge of my own heritage to base it upon. At this point, I still knew nothing about my native culture. Yet, I knew that something huge had just happened. Over time, I came to realize that this dream was a visit from my ancestors, my guides, and my protectors in the spirit world, who came together to reveal my mission on earth and to show me that I must never give up that they would be there for me when it was too much to handle, and most importantly, that the day would come when those who attacked me would be neutralized in an instant, and balance would be restored. I slowly came to realize that certain people in my life, especially those that I'd been in close relationships with, were the manifestation of the gray beings from my dream, who would relentlessly attack me to attempt to keep me from my mission, and that they would almost succeed. This dream instructed me to follow my intuition rather than listen to the misguidance and naysaying of others. It was also an example of my ancestors coming to me in dreams to show me the beauty of our culture, to teach me of my connection to it, and to encourage me to find out who I was. This dream became my deepest inspiration to find out about and embrace my native heritage. Thank you so much for reading for us today. Welcome to the show, Stephanie Big Eagle. Thank you. Stephanie, what are the ideal conditions for you to write? Well, I I've, I get moments of inspiration. Um, and so I write every day. You know, this, this book 
was a, an exercise in me for for recording aspects of my own life that um, I felt that I could, in sharing my story, that I could help others. But for the most part, I write based on inspiration where I received um, a little nudging that says, you have to share this because you have a message that you can give to others that might help them through difficulties that they're facing or help see things from your perspective. How do you nurture your creativity? I like to spend a lot of time in nature. That's what I find that keeps me balanced. I also like to dance. Um, I like to get my body moving because when I get my body moving, my mind and my spirit and also my ability to express myself through my writing is enhanced. So um, mostly through taking care of my physical body so that my spiritual self can be fulfilled through and express itself through my creativity. Is there anything else that you would want to share about the relationship between your physical and mental health in your writing? I think that I noticed when I was writing my memoir that I would have moments where I would have a block and what I would have to do is go sit outside, detach myself from from that hardship that I was facing at the moment, which was having uh, difficulty in expressing myself through the writing. So what I would do is I would just go for a walk, get get my energy moving, detach myself from that, and and also I always ask for help. Uh, I've learned over the years that that I have a strong force of help out there that comes, you know, can come from nature, can come from the elements, it can come from from creator. You know, we each have different ways of expressing and relating to that. And so that's what I would always do. I would go and I would seek help and I would go sit in nature. And those were the elements that helped me to and to to um be able to move past that. And so that physical aspect of going and moving my body and placing my myself away from my computer and, and the writing and going and sitting in that nature, so nurturing my spiritual self, allowed those two aspects of myself, the physical and spiritual, to flow more, much more easily. What would be your best writing tip? I would say to write about something that you're passionate about, you know, that, that you can put your heart into, because that's where the best flow would come from. That's where your when you're writing from your heart and from your passion, then you're always going to be able to see it through. Whereas if you're forcing it, I think that that's the hardest part in being being able to complete something. So so find out something that you're passionate about or that you will you can truly express from your heart and your experience in life, and then um, then that will come to you in the best way possible. What would be your biggest writing challenge right now? I suppose it would be narrowing down a topic to write on. So I was supposed to, my next book was supposed to be about, um, you know, the chief of our Sundance and his life, but, but he passed before I could write it. So now it says, 
okay, well, what's next? And I could write about um, my hand poke tattoo art. Although, you know, when I was thinking about this this morning, I thought, well, am I even worthy? Do I do I have enough knowledge? Or mm. you know, um, are people going to listen to me? And you know, so I think those would be my greatest challenges: is maybe um, feeling unworthy on certain topics or towards the audience um, and having to overcome that and to trust, you know, what, what is, what is meant for me to write and also learning um, what is for me to write. I know my memoir was for me, but maybe there's, um, it's a little bit of difficulty sometimes in trying to sit down and say, okay, what is it that is for me to actually to put so much time and effort into producing a book or a publication with. What editing and revising tips do you have to share? So as I was moving through the process of my memoir, um, at first uh, I wrote, when I started out with chapter one, I wrote the whole thing and then I went back and tried to edit the whole thing and make it perfect before I moved on to chapter two. Um, But then I realized that it was probably better for me to just go and write down everything that I could and to just to move through and just to let those words and experience flow through me and and get them down on paper instead of having to go and perfect and edit everything as I moved along. And so what that did is over time, I was able to go back to chapter one, maybe a month or two months or three months later, and see it from a whole new perspective and see things that I would have missed or that I did miss when I tried to go back and and edit and have it perfectly done um, before I moved on to the next chapter. So I think that my biggest tip would be to um, to take time, you know, let your energy flow, whatever comes to you, write it down and then set it down. And come back to it at a later date because you have to give yourself a break from the writing, um, especially the editing process. Because when you're in that flow of writing and that creativity is with you in that moment, you don't want to spend that energy editing. So just get it out and then come back and edit it later because you will definitely miss um, things if you try to do it all at once. So just keep try. I would try to keep those two processes separate. Would you tell us about your experience with publication? Well, okay, I I spent a lot of time seeking out agents and major publishing companies, and I wrote letters to each of them. I spent I spent months probably doing that, and um, you know, if there were times that I felt like you know, kind of let down in the process because I would get rejection letters or, you know, um, this certain publishing company didn't want to publish the work because of this reason or that reason. And at first I took it personally, but then I came to realize that, you know, each of us has a story that, or a writing that's going to fit with who it's meant to fit with. So as we move along in that process of trying to find the right publisher or the right agent, we have to have faith that the right 
one is going to come to us. And part of that whole rejection process is, is just a part of the process. It's not to be taken personally. And just like when we have writer's blocks and things like that, we have to just keep going. We have to walk away from it and, and have faith that the right um, person is going to come across our path in terms of a, a publisher or a publishing agent or whatever it is that you're looking for. And so in my path, after I wrote all those letters, I spent months doing that. Then um, about two months after that, one of my friends said, hey, I have a friend that owns a publishing company and he's indigenous. And so for me, that was like, wow, this is, this is perfect because as, a, as a woman writer, but also an indigenous writer, our voices are pretty underrepresented. And so for me to work with an indigenous owned publishing company just seemed absolutely perfect. So I contacted him and right away he said, yes, let's work together. Let's do this. Let's get it out. And so he, uh, even after that long process and feeling so let down that all those other publishing companies and agents turned me down, I eventually found the right one. So the point is to just um, have faith in the process, keep going, and uh, and definitely just set it down if it's if it's not flowing, set it down, and um, know that one day the right fit is going to find you, or you're going to find it. Who are some other women writers or creators we should be aware of right now? Part of my story, and it's in my memoir, was was when I was um, in prison. And I remember when I was there and I felt so lost. And I remember picking up this book called Part of My Soul Went With Him by Winnie Mandela. Um, and Winnie Mandela was a political activist who also spent time in jail and she was separated from her family and her husband. And she had this way of writing so deeply and eloquently and from her heart about her experience as a political activist and her time in jail that it encouraged me to keep going against all the odds, no matter what I faced. And she taught me that if she survives prison and made the most of it, then so could I. And we were also um, in prison for the same sorts of reasons, political activism, and both separated from our families and our loved ones. And so um, she uh, represents a community that is underrepresented as well, a female writer, also um, Black and political activist. So I would highly recommend her because she's such a beautiful and eloquent and classy writing style. Um, I would also like to recommend Joy Harjo, and particularly her book, Crazy Brave, which I'm halfway through right now. She is of the Muscogee or Creek Nation, so she's indigenous as well. She was the, she's been named as the 23rd Poet Laureate of the United States in 2019. And she has a really um, beautiful poetic style of writing that produces a crisp vision in the reader of her unique perspective on life. And where can listeners find you online? My website at www.stephbigeagle.com. Thank you for sharing your writing and wisdom with us today, Stephanie. It's been a pleasure. Yes, thank you so much for listening. Now it's time for our writing prompt. I suggest setting a timer for six or eight minutes, 
putting the prompt at the top of your page and free writing whatever comes to mind. Remember, the important part is keeping your pen moving. You can always edit later. Right now, we just want to write something new and see what happens. Here's Stephanie with your prompt. What experiences in your own life, whether from a dream, vision, or everyday reality, had such a profound effect on you that it forever changed your life and your perspective on your identity? How would you describe it so that your audience is there with you in that moment, experiencing it with you, and feeling the shift it created within you? I really loved how Stephanie Big Eagle shared that she looked for a long time before she found the right agent and publisher for her book. It makes sense to me that there will be people who are better fits to champion and share your story with the world. It makes sense to look until you find those people. Earlier today, I talked to a different writer who said that it took her five years before she found an agent for her first book. Continuing to believe in ourselves and our writing as we look for the right fit seems like it can be part of the learning, part of the process. Stephanie Big Eagle's memoir, Thunderbird Rising, is out now. There's a link to find it in the show notes. Leaving the podcast a five-star review on your favorite platform helps me reach more writers. It also helps when you share a favorite episode with your friends. I'm Sarah Gallagher, and this is Fierce Woman Writing. I'll be back next Thursday with another episode. Until then, keep writing. Become a supporting member of the podcast with a monthly contribution at FierceWomenWriting.com. Get more writing prompts and engage with other writers on our Instagram page at FierceWomenWriting. Remember, women is spelled with an X. You can also help us reach more writers by sharing this episode with a friend and subscribing, downloading, and reviewing the podcast. Thank you for listening.